0: From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio.
1: That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're glad to be looking across the table at Herman Beraona. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, you did. Thank you. Very good. Okay. I, my Spanish is a little rusty. Oh, no. Thanks for having <laughs> me here. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Iran, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're, you're part of the Sacramento Environmental Justice Coalition here in Sacramento, and the diocese of sacramento is one of your prominent partners in that group
2: yes it is um it's been um about a year and a half that the sacramento ej coalition came together Uh, this is uh, made up by a number of um, local nonprofits that are in the public health realm or climate justice world Mm -hmm. um and and at the center of it all is our faith-based approach to this conversation so the diocese of sacramento has been a partner for actually over about three years now, in this conversation about environmental justice. And you also have a role here in the diocese. Yes, I, I got lucky this year. I, uh, uh, The Office of Social Concerns and the Catholic Campaign for Human Development um, uh, brought me on board as an intern. I got mm-hmm. to go to Washington, D.C. and learn all things, U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. Um, mm-hmm. that, was, that was actually a very interesting pilgrimage for me.
1: How long ago did you do that?
2: Uh, this summer. Oh, this summer? This summer, yes. Yeah, uh, I mean it, Washington DC is uh <laughs> it's an interesting place right now. Oh man. <laughs> it is it is, but I um what, what I liked about the Catholic Campaign for Human Development is that uh, I'm actually a product of that environment. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. Um, I was uh, doing some work in housing projects fresh out of college, and then I met this Catholic nun who started talking to me about Catholic Campaign for Human Development uh-huh. and community organizing. And right. And I, I think uh, that those lessons I took from her and, and, and her community uh, stayed with me, and I think they finally, finally, I finally got it. <laughs> uh-huh. Somewhere in my early 40s, and here I am uh, trying to figure out how to live out this commitment that we all make.
1: Where would where'd you go to school in Southern California?
2: Oh, um, Well, I grew up in South Central, so I went mm-hmm. to local public schools there. Uh, after uh, being bused to East Los Angeles for a local high school there, Roosevelt mm-hmm. High School, I, I went to college to the University of Laverne. Oh, okay. um, they... Uh, at the time, I was undocumented, so mm-hmm. Laverne was one of the few colleges at the time in the early 90s who said, Well, we'll work with you on mm-hmm. that. Uh, and so they, they were really, they became a home for me uh, fresh out of high school.
1: You were undocumented, you were from Honduras. Honduras, yes. Yes. And so, how or why did you come to this country?
2: Well, different reasons. Uh, Let's see, this is uh, Cold War uh, proxy issues in Central America. We all know about that. My father served in the military for the Honduran government at some point, and when he decided to not be in the military anymore, um, he he decided to focus on family and and try to make a living in a different way. That was not very easy for most people in Honduras. So that's why he came to the United States in 1981. Wow. Yeah. Hey, so you were way pre-DACA, you, Pre- were, <laughs> you were not a DACA child. No, no, no. There was no DACA in those days. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So, I know that's not why we're having you on, but how do you how do you overcome
2: being undocumented? You know, I I don't know if it's a it, 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 again I'll, I'll focus back on the environment. Yeah. It's the people you surround yourself with. Uh, I think I was very fortunate that I had some really cool mentors mm-hmm. in school that treated me like an American from mm-hmm. day one. Mm-hmm. So they taught me so many interesting uh, pieces of history about uh, this country and, and its uh, freedoms. Uh, I I think that I, I wanted to live out that promise uh, mm-hmm. on my own, and of course uh, it wasn't as easy as it sounds. I, I had to unlearn a lot of things coming right. from a country like Honduras. Mm-hmm. Um, but it... it um, met open some really interesting spaces i met some really cool mentors in fact my the teacher that taught me english in middle school uh is from northern california in fact i still stay in touch with him oh, really? he gave me a book called the outsiders mm-hmm. and and uh, it, it it was a very uh, compelling story right uh, we all know about the socials and the soc right. and the, right. the greasers of course, I identified as one of the greasers, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was a really good way to uh, understand uh, my place in in society, I guess, and it, it agitated me about what I wanted to do here, and and that's why I got in, involved in all kinds of student government stuff and you know uh, government and politics, and, and that's what I studied in college, and and then I met that Catholic nun that was a community organizer and. She ruined my life. <laughs> wow! In a good way. In a good way. <laughs> In a good way. Yeah, yeah. those
1: nuns do that. Uh, <laughs> I know there's another nun from Southern California that started Get on the Bus. No. Which yes. Is a program to help children visit their parents who are incarcerated. Yeah. And uh, one of my daughters, who's college age, is is involved in that yes program and just thinks but it was started by a catholic nun in southern california of
2: course yes no so, that's a that's, that's a very good program uh, uh unfortunately most of the kids i grew up with in in south central la um many of them uh feel victim to that the mm-hmm. entire you know uh history of you know the prison system right. and right. and whatnot and in fact i Uh, This is why environmental justice is important to me because there is a conversation in in there about how our ecosystem produces uh, certain outcomes, right, that are not uh, uh, protective of human dignity and and respect for all people. You
1: are quoted in the Catholic Herald, the current edition, the November-December edition, saying, It's been an interesting journey. I've had enough time working in civic groups, whether it's in government or some sort of private nonprofit entity to know that we need God in this conversation about environmental challenges and their impact on the poor. Explain that a little bit.
2: Well, I think um, it's a recent conclusion, I would say, which led to my return to the church. Uh, I... um uh, I think in reflecting about what our culture has done to the individual when it comes to the excessive consumerism, the the narcissism, right? The, the very things we all need to get cured out of, right? And that includes me, right? I was uh, a product of that entire mm-hmm. culture, mm-hmm. Um and yet, things were getting worse in my communities. Things were getting worse in the planet, and and chronic health conditions have actually gotten worse in a lot of these communities that are that are suffering all kinds of environmental issues. Uh, I um, in my appeals to different folks and allies, and whether it's government or nonprofit, there've been some really good people there, uh, but most of them consistently, one way or another, had a spiritual commitment, mm-hmm. somebody else that holds them accountable, and. I love our democratic system i think voters can hold a lot of people accountable uh but somewhere along the lines i just you know as maybe because i'm getting older now i'm almost 50. <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm thinking you know let we, me let me know how that feels <laughs> so, when you get to 50. <laughs> okay thanks <laughs> but i i i i had to surrender i think that was it it's a surrender of my own ego and say I need some help with this. What what am I gonna leave for my son and my daughter, and their generations to come? Uh, and I walked into St. Philomene in Catholic Church one day in, in 2018, and wow! And I said, "I'm I'm back, I'm back."
1: Yeah. <laughs> did they have a celebration?
2: Well, um, uh, you know, it's it was interesting. They did in heaven. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't know if we want this one here. <laughs> but I I I got lucky. I. I walked in right into the catechism office, and I Uh. met the director of of religious ed there. And and she's a a tough cookie in that parish. And I think that that kind of relationship led to me meeting Father Martin Ramat. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was the pastor at the time. Uh, and he did a little celebration. He, he did a whole introduction, like, yeah, hey, a yeah. month's back. And I'm like, whoa, hey, I mean, I'm not that special. And yeah. he just made me feel that special. And he had donuts and coffee, and he uh-huh. was introduced me to ministry leaders. Uh, I had never received that experience before. So, yeah, it was very humbling. And did you feel
1: like you needed a refresher course?
2: Oh yes. <laughs> I did. I actually signed up for confirmation mm-hmm. courses and mm-hmm. and the last four years really has been about uh reintegrating myself yeah. in, into this this um the covenant. Yeah. And uh, at least I I think I'm I'm getting it finally. I I think yeah. I am, but there's still a long way to go.
1: So yeah. I I'm intrigued about, you know, putting God into it it's like almost any social issue Almost any issue. Period. If if you leave God entirely out of it and say, "Well, this is just a this is just a secular. This has nothing to do with religion," it doesn't have to do with religion to put God into it. Yeah. You know. I mean, I hate to hate to say it to people or non-believers, and and I, I have great respect for everybody. They're all God's children. But but God's a scientific fact. It's not a belief. It's a fact.
3: Yes. There's a difference.
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, There are all kinds of people have all kinds of beliefs. Some of them may be true. Some of them may not be true. God's a fact. Jesus is a fact. Yes. You know, and when you leave facts out of a conversation, especially leaving God out of a conversation, doesn't mean it, it has to be front and center in the conversation. But if you think God's not paying attention to what you're doing just because it's not a religious thing, uh, you're wrong.
2: Yeah, I am. Um, I'm definitely convinced that um, that energy in between people, in between creation, and, and in between us and God, there's, there is a Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And and if we are open enough or broken hearted enough to let the light in, right, then you'll experience God. Uh, that was very personal to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. So talk a, talk a little bit about uh, Ladatosi.
2: Oh, Laudato Si', okay. Oh, you really brightened (laughs) up there. (laughs) Well, I so in the middle of that journey, I had a a friend in. I have a friend at St. Robert Catholic Parish, who um, who's a social justice, uh, environmental justice, uh, um, civic leader in South Sacramento, Mm -hmm. and he asked me to read Laudato Si'. I when i read it i found that um and i had heard about it before there was some general idea but the man that handed over that 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 reading to me he's a construction worker whose son suffered from chronic asthma Mm. and he's always taking him in and out of the emergency room Uh, and sometimes he has to leave work to, to come during the day to take care of his son um and then I start reading Laudato Si about what's happening with the poor the working folks that are um, experiencing all these pressures from the environment and then of course the the call to action that Pope Francis is saying there that we need to reintegrate re uh, reweave our conversation mm-hmm. with God with each other and, and Mother Nature in order to bring it back to health again and of course the criticisms that I, that I see there about consumerism and how our market, technology, and industries have, um, for the last 200 years, uh, harmed the planet—that we really need to reflect on what we have done—and he calls it a sin. For me, that—that's whoa—that—that that was uh, an eye-opening experience mm-hmm. because where I thought was a secular argument before, right. here I'm hearing uh, a holy man saying we need to really think about rethink how we're uh, treating creation. And uh, I was sold, and I said, uh-huh. "Okay, we're going to integrate this in our environmental justice conversation," and we've been doing that ever since. And how's it? How's it received? Well, it's it's a it's a mixed bag. Um, we have folks that are are of course within the Catholic community. We've had a great reception for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, mm-hmm. Bishop Jaime Soto, we did a nice event and winters to right. and celebrate right. the announcement of Laudato. Perfect
1: place to to. Uh Celebrate the environment out there in the the orchards and yes. the, the mountains right behind Winters, and yep. it's it's just a perfect setting.
2: Yes, yeah. It's, so that reception and it's been humbling. It's been exciting, um, it, it, but what I like about the letter is that it was written to the entire planet, right. to everybody in the planet, and you know we don't write letters anymore, right? We text, we write emails, right. but he decides to write a letter, and and, and if you I still remember the days we used to write letters to each other. I looked forward to receiving one. Sure. So what better way to say to people, you know, the Pope is sending you a letter. Take a look at it. You don't have to be a Catholic. You don't have right. to, you know, but there is something in there that uh, is asking us to to consider what's happening to all of us together. Right. Uh, uh, that's a very, uh, uh, that's a beautiful thought. And so, um, some of our more secular friends are actually welcoming it. They're mm-hmm. saying, wow, this is interesting. I have people who don't have any religious affiliation, and they're coming to our faith events to share with us, and this story about how we become better stewards of creation. And then there, of course, many faith groups, they all have uh, some sort of commitment to to, to the environment, and they're also invited to this conversation so we're still looking to connect with more people we're we're a small but mighty group but uh, as this begins to grow I think there's a beautiful opportunity for people to interpret in their own way and and do something meaningful at their parish or community about creation so I think uh, that letter is is foundational for anybody who cares about uh, uh, bringing back the planet to health
1: I know a, a number of my friends were surprised that this came from the Catholic Church, and 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 of course I wasn't, and and I said, well, you you don't you don't know the Catholic Church well enough to know it. it's it's sort of. It, Unfortunately we, we deal in stereotypes in our lives, you know, and, and we can we can say I don't deal in stereotypes, but so we do. We all we, we make yes. general judgments about things. Um I guess it's part of our survival too. You, you have you you know, you see something and you react. You know, your brain says, Oh, be careful or or though that's a good thing and sometimes yeah. you're wrong. But um I know a lot of people make general Comments about and this is uh, Ladato. See, I can see a lot of people who don't share our faith reading this and going, "Wow, wow! I like." I, I've I've been stopped. I live in Davis. Mm-hmm. I've been stopped many times by people who say, "I like your Pope." You know, I mean, like they like this man. You know, yeah. and uh, because he's not afraid to just yeah. be human and be out there. He doesn't. He doesn't have this royalty to him i mean he tries not to you know i mean some people are it's the pope for heaven's sake yes yeah but uh um and 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 i just kind of laugh and i say well he's your pope too you know because he cares about you as much as he cares about me yes You know, even if you have no beliefs at all and he cares about you
2: I, I grew up in L.A. with the influence of uh, a great man in in Los Angeles, uh, Father Greg Boyle. Oh, sure. And, and, and you probably heard about homeboy his Homeboy Ministries, Homeboy Ministries, yeah. yeah, Homeboy Industries, right? And industries. Yeah. And, in fact, and,
1: I, we got to meet him one time here in Sacramento. Oh, yeah. Uh, he uh, he was coming up to be in the California Hall of Fame. Oh, wow! And and they had a reception for him at uh, yeah. St. Patrick's, and uh, and we got to meet him and hear him talk and we had him on the radio yeah. it, fabulous go, go ahead no no and, i uh,
2: i i going back to the linking this to to pope francis is uh, i ran up to father greg to get his autograph for his book um uh, tattoos on the heart mm-hmm. right and and i asked him because i had worked on my own with other uh, community organizations on gang violence in south central la and I asked him, you know, what advice do you have for somebody like me who's in the middle of that mess, right? And he, and he said, unconditional love no matter what. Huh. In in my autograph book, and, and I'm thinking, I, I felt kind of scolded, but at the same time I was like, yeah, that's what it is. How old were you when you... I was in my 30s at mm-hmm, the time. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what Pope Francis is also challenging all of us, whether we're... Uh, Christian or Muslim or, or Jewish or uh, Buddhist, it, it's we need to return to this unconditional love that builds life, that yep. is a commitment to life, yep. uh, because we have adopted certain practices, bad habits that that feeds a culture of death and and destruction, and and I think that that um, that challenge to us. To reconnect in the way that we understand the Christian way of forgiveness and love and and un, and unconditional kinship, that's that's um that's radical. <laughs> yeah, it is radical. Right? You, know, you
1: you you hit on it though. Yeah. the The word forgiveness is key to love, and uh, you know, a, a lot of people, I think, sort of miss that. I think we all do at times. I mean, it's easy to love your family it's easy to love your spouse or your children or your grandchildren or what your sisters and brothers and mom and dad and all that and even Jesus says you know you wh- what good does that do you? It, you you need to love this guy over here who's not so lovable uh, mm-hmm. you know and you need to love him the way I love you and the other thing that when you tie forgiveness in it's a lot of it is well i'll forgive them when they get down on their knees and say they're sorry kind of thing isn't forgiveness forgiveness has got to be unconditional like love's unconditional and um that's the lot harder part is 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 the forgiveness it's like well that person did me wrong i don't love them i love the people that are nice to me
2: Yeah, it's uh and some of us it's an intellectual exercise. Yeah, I forgive. But um but it's I think you're right. The real tension is when we when we welcome the stranger or somebody who mm-hmm. has caused harm whether to us or the planet and and begin to walk in that darkness together. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, uh, Father Greg used to say this all the time, that person will be ready when they're ready and they'll return to God. And when they're ready, it's going to be incredible, mm-hmm. right? And and I think that that's a a very true message. And, and and the same thing with creation. We have caused the planet a lot of harm. We have caused each other harm. Our environmental justice data shows that most people who live in low-income communities are suffering uh, terrible chronic health conditions that mm-hmm. are shortening their lives by ten to fifteen years, yeah. right? And and. We have the Ten Commandments, right? And how how do we define to ourselves and each other uh, the definition of "Thou shalt not kill"? Mm-hmm. And when we have somebody that's going to be harmed in that way, where their life is shortened, how is that? Uh, what what can we do about it? You know, and I so I do believe that Laudato Si' and environmental justice is a pro-life issue, and that's oh, something. I, 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 yeah,
1: and the Pope points that out. Yeah you know that that uh, it it's definitely a pro life issue yes and uh, it, it, the, the the I I remember reading recently about I think it was the city of Tucson and they called them heat islands yes in the areas of of town that were like 10 degrees or maybe even more 10 degrees hotter than other places in the same city because of lack of vegetation, lack of caring on the part of the city, government, whatever. Um, and also those are areas that much less likely to have air conditioning or, or anything else.
2: Oh, yes. And the fumes that come out of the concrete because of mm-hmm. those extreme weather patterns uh, make people sick right. because people are breathing that 24-7. Um, South Sacramento is a perfect example mm-hmm. of that. Uh, they have... Uh, significantly less trees yeah. than, say, other parts of Sacramento, and yet these are taxpayers that well, are. In fact, Sacramento then, is yeah. known as the city of
1: trees. Yeah, and newcomers who move here go, "Wow, look at I mean, some of them it's it's almost like a forest. You know, there there's houses on each side, and the trees form a canopy and uh, a touch in the middle of the street. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's 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 not only uh, appealing to the eye; it's beautiful, but it's also environmentally much healthier
2: much healthier Uh, it it reduces stress blood pressure you name it and and part of the challenge in this in this work also is that as we teach these things that certain parts where our communities live are living under 20 degrees hotter weather because of the lack of trees that that creates all kinds of situations that we see in our parishes i mean people came to us during the pandemic and and during all these hot summers and the fire or wildfires that we had they, all these things have an effect on on the dignity of the individual and, and the family and so if we're going to be consistent about life right i think we have to uh learn the the language that helps us integrate into that ecological challenge right it's, it's what are we doing for our neighbor it's as simple as that and, and if our neighbor can come together and together we can plant more trees or uh, recycle more or you know there's so many things that could be done uh,
1: isn't there some you know, billion tree uh campaign going on somewhere not here. Not here. <laughs> and that's like I, I, ri- I read about, about
2: it? it somewhere.
1: It, it, it is. It's in a different country. I can't remember where it was, but it was. It was literally. I. I, cause I remember seeing the number and going, okay. "Wow."
2: It, i imagine that it's it, it could be connected to the united nations could and be a un and, program uh, yes because uh, they they've um they've produced a report that is already forecasting which parts of the world will be uninhabitable in the le- next 50 to 90 years mm-hmm. because of extreme heat so i imagine that there are many countries that are trying to figure out how to mitigate that uh, as the as our you know, uh, warming of the planet is getting worse
1: are they going to start growing corn in Alaska?
2: Oh brother! When that happens, <laughs> <Or right>. Antarctica. <laughs> well, I mean the the you know it, it's the the conversation about the polar caps and, yeah, and the yeah. melting and then uh, Greenland. Yeah. Yeah, those are things that we're, we're. Those are challenges we will have to build some sort of resilience for. Uh, we know that um, the melting of the polar caps will bring about all kinds of interesting news that uh, that are connected to public health, right? Like you know, viruses that have been asleep for millions of years. Okay, so uh, I'm that kind of stuff. I'm running for
1: president <laughs> in 2024, and I'm going to win. Okay, and I'm going to name you environmental czar. No, 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 no. What are you, <laughs> no, no, you no. going to do? I know what, some. What I'm, would be your first act? Uh,
2: well, well. I'll tell you this I I know some really good people that would be part of that <laughs> that, that could do that job better than I can uh, for for me the the my understanding of this conversation is human dignity mm-hmm. where there is power and how power is used for, with people um, and where there's powerlessness and hopelessness right despair is actually a one of the nastiest products of injustice uh, I've seen it. I lived in South Central L.A. I was there when the when the South Center was burning during the L.A. riots. And nobody came to town mm-hmm. until the military and the police finally sure. showed up three days later. But for those three days, civilization fell apart. Mm-hmm. And I saw the, and as a kid, now as an adult, I'm thinking about it differently. But as a kid, you know, you, the community fell apart. So I'm one to be inclined that whatever we do, if I was the star of environmental justice, right, is that we need to create hope, we need to build power where there is none, and we need to address the issue of equity. How do we reverse years and years of negligence in order to uh, build more trees in in neighborhoods that didn't have them or have never had them, right? Um, Cancer Alley in Louisiana, right? Mm -hmm. Why are so many people there in cancer clusters? What do we do to reduce the amount of illness because of what's going on in that neighborhood? And then in the river, right? Our rivers are being poisoned, so we would have to engage a kind of education and, uh, and double, triple the investments that say a neighborhood that's well established and has uh, better conditions. Mm-hmm. We would have to address the issue of equity. That way, we probably speed up the process of of the negligence as has happened in in, in areas where people live uh, near dumps trash dumps mm-hmm. or 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 other kinds of um, environmental disasters um that would be something that we'd need to do. And we need to teach this in elementary school all the way through college. Sure. Because I didn't learn any of this stuff. I'm still learning it, but I didn't really get into it until I, after college. And it's because of the chronic health conditions my family was facing. And some of them, mysterious. Some of, some of them, to this day, nobody knows mm-hmm. how they got this skin disorder. Right. Uh, but we lived next door to a next site you know, or some sort of battery factory. And mm-hmm. right? maybe that had something to do with it. And we just don't know. Uh, so that that kind of realignment and restructuring of um, community institutions and democratic institutions and communities of faith, to be able to have that God lens. Mm-hmm. is this is this consistent with our Christian values uh, in caring for the neighbor?
1: And hey, one thing before you go, we want to talk about was Posada.
2: Okay, Posada. Yes. So this would be my second one. Uh, It's a very exciting event uh, that um, uh, Hispanic ministries and the diocese Mm -hmm. put together. Uh, Last year, it was uh, the the first one I went to at St. Philomene Catholic Parish. Mm -hmm. We held it there where all Catholics throughout the diocese from different ethnic backgrounds um, come and share this event. the celebration for uh, advent What's posada, mean? posada shelter. shelter shelter so we know the you know good old 2000 year old story a yeah. story about you know yeah. uh before the birth of christ um we, we we celebrate that journey right what it meant to uh to be persecuted mm-hmm. part of it and of course for welcoming the coming of the christ um i think that um what I love about this event, too, is that we invite people from the community. It's open to the community. It's going to be a St. John the Baptist in Folsom, mm-hmm. Gallagher Hall, uh, December 17th uh, from 10 a.m. to about noon. Mm-hmm. And this is an opportunity to uh, to get to know each other and the neighborhoods. Um, Many of the folks that come to this are active in ministries uh, throughout the diocese uh Teresa Donan is one of our leaders in that in that ministry and um, we're looking forward to celebrating another year another advent celebration that um, integrates many communities that some of us have historically been mm-hmm. marginalized or not marginalized I would say separated and we were doing our own thing, but we're trying to fight that now we 're trying to figure out how to do things together because uh we have a common uh uh, belief. Do you need people to
1: RSVP ahead of time? Or
2: yes, if you go to the the uh, the diocesan website, scd.org, scd.org, and you type in uh, 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 the Intercultural Posada, you will find a link there where you can register you and your family members oh, to attend. Good, and everybody's invited. Yes, everybody's invited. Kids and kids, family, everybody. Dogs, cats, everybody. <laughs> I don't know what the dogs Saint can. Francis would, would
1: be in favor of the dogs and cats. Oh, that's yeah. right, Saint Francis.
2: Yes, yes, uh, that would be. Uh, he would definitely want there. Yes, indeed, yeah. indeed. But his holidays
1: mm-hmm. passed. So,
2: <laughs> yeah. Indeed, well,
1: Herman, that's a pleasure to get to know you, and uh, I hope you will not be a
2: stranger to this program. Thank you for having me. This is a real honor, and I hope to see you more in in this effort.
1: Very good. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. All the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town, This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store. Donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. 1212 and remember again the thrift store is open uh, 7 days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank Uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic books and gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, they continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. they're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights give them a call 916-338-7272 we also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley and Associates a private wealth advisory practice of America Pro- Ameriprise Financial Services if you have questions about retirement Crumley and Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley and Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916 638 4600. That's 916 638 4600. And we are are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, longstanding support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates.
2: This is Lori Power, Associate Superintendent with the Catholic School Department. You are listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning.
1: That's me. Thanks, Lori, for all you do in our great Catholic schools, and thanks uh, for that wonderful introduction. I should tell you that uh, the World Youth Day... Uh, twenty twenty three yeah it 's right around the corner, but it's uh, uh, the deadline is rapidly approaching to sign up to be part of the uh, diocesan group that will be going uh, to Lisbon in Portugal uh, and you are possibly could take a side trip if you 'd like to uh, fatima in in Portugal, which is not that far from lisbon it 's not part of the official itinerary though for World Youth Day. Uh, It's the uh, departure from uh, Sacramento will be July 29th. Actually, the departure is from San Francisco uh, to Lisbon and the entire tour. Everything's taken care of from July 29th through August the 7th. And uh, Bishop Soto will be accompanying this group. Uh, there so much is uh, happening at World Youth Day, and uh, you hear so many great stories about World Youth Day. Uh, there be an opportunity to uh, obviously when when the Pope comes, uh, the Way of the Cross with the Pope, the prayer vigil with Pope Francis, and of course the closing Mass with Pope Francis. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's an all inclusive tour. Uh, SCD dot world uh, WYD 2023 scd.org backslash w y d 2023 uh you can uh send them a note and uh learn all about it uh, there'll be a phone number there presumably as well that's where you can contact them also and you know, we were just talking with uh herman about this uh intercultural advent gathering posada at St. John the Baptist in Folsom, Gallagher Hall, December 17 at 10 a.m. Uh, we'll run for a couple of hours. They'd, they'd love to have you uh, to uh, sign up. Uh, contact Teresa Donan at t-d-o-n-a-n at dot org. That will be um, uh, December the 17th at 10 a.m., St. John the Baptist in Folsom. Also, um uh, an Advent retreat at uh, on December t- 10th, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Holy Cross Parish. That's 1321 Anna Street in the great city of West Sacramento. Um, everybody is invited to that. The cost is $20, includes morning hospitality and lunch. Uh, spend a few hours during this holy season refreshing your spirit and reflecting on your call to ministry. Also, um, uh, Advent retreat uh, designed for parish ministry leaders, uh, and, and that's the one in West Sacramento, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. with morning hospitality from 8:30 to 9 a.m. Uh, uh, it will be facilitated by Darcy Wharton, designed for diocesan and parish ministry leaders from the Office of Faith Formation, Faith Adult Faith Formation. Uh, for coordinators, uh, RCI coordinators, liturgy coordinators, uh, CREs, DREs, uh, youth ministry coordinators, etc. Um, and coming up right around the corner. Home for the holidays from the Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra. Don Kendrick, the uh, music director, of course, uh, and the founder of the uh, Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra a number of years ago. Headliner will be uh, Salvatore Atti. Uh, the Green Valley Theater puppets will be there. There will be sing-alongs. Yeah, the entire audience singing along. Uh, a lot of the uh, traditional Christmas hymns as well. Saturday, December 10, and it's a matinee only this year. They used to have the matinee and the evening performance. This will just be the matinee at the the uh, wonderfully re- refurbished Sacramento Memorial Auditorium, one of the truly historic Buildings here in the city of Sacramento at 1515 J Street, very near the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, Children's Chorale with Scott Perkins. It was the night before Christmas, a holy night, hallelujah chorus. Uh, It's really a great event. Uh, Our family goes virtually every year, and, of course, they had to take a couple years off uh, with the pandemic. Uh, You can call the box office to get tickets, 916 808 5181 that's 916 808 5181 or uh contact ticketmaster.com or go to sacramentalchoral.org, c h o r a l.org uh, if you've never been I've, i'm telling you you will not regret it this is a, it's a great performance uh the choral society and orchestra always always does great great work no matter what it is and this this will be a truly uh, uh, wonderful, wonderful event. Also, the uh, um, coming up in 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 January, pro life Eucharistic adoration. Let us take some time to pray for the unborn, their mothers and fathers, and pray for state and federal laws that harm those most vulnerable. Uh, Pro-Life Eucharistic Adoration, nine parishes, one Savior, one call for life. This will the <coughs> excuse me the novena will take place January 11 through the 19th uh, next right right around the corner next month. Uh, for the full schedule, you can go to scd.org backslash backslash p l e a. For questions, contact our good friend Moises De Leon. He's the Associate Director for Family and Respect Life Ministry here in the diocese. He's at M-D-E-L-E-O-N-M-DeLeon at scd.org. Or you can give him a call, uh, call Moses at, Moises at 916-733-0133. And it's not too far off to uh, circle the date. Um, it's hard to believe February is just Two months away, Saturday, February 11, World Marriage Day. This is always a great celebration here in the Diocese of Sacramento, 9.30 a.m. Holy Mass with Bishop Soto. This will all take place at Good Shepherd Catholic Church on Racket Court in Elk Grove, 9539 Racket Court in Elk Grove. Uh, You're invited to join as they honor marriage and salute the beauty of faithfulness, sacrifice, and joy in married life. During this live stream Mass, there will be a special blessing for sacramentally married couples and an opportunity for them to renew their marital commitment. After Mass, there will be an opportunity to receive a blessing and a a picture with Bishop Soto. Special certificates will be distributed at the reception honoring couples celebrating the milestone anniversaries, 10, 25, 30, 35, 40, uh, the one year they had a couple that had been married 73 years, and but any year that you regard as a milestone in your own marriage uh, will be celebrated. Uh, go to scd.org backslash wmd, uh, or call the Office of uh, Family and Faith Formation. They'd like you to register, and especially if you want a certificate, let, let them know uh, exactly uh, who's getting married and uh, who who was married and what uh, what year it is, uh, call the uh, fa- Office of Family and Faith Formation, 916-733-0133. That's not, uh, uh, or go to scd.org backslash WMD. Well, we're just pleased and honored to have Jerry Delcourt join, join us, the CEO of Catholic, Sem- Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services. Good to always, see you again. Always fumble if, if if it's funeral first or cemetery first.
0: Well, generally for most people, it's funeral first. <laughs> it is, <isn't> it? yeah, <laughs> yes, it is. But, but in our name, it's, that's a good it's way to cemetery, remember it. It's yes. cemetery and funeral.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Well, good to see you. Same here. You look good. Oh, thank you. You ready thank for Thanksgiving? Uh, indeed. <laughs> yes. So uh, tell us um, as we enter the Advent season and the Christmas season uh what what you folks have planned i know it's on always a very special time
0: it, it, it is uh, this is actually our 21st annual uh remembrance tree and christmas vigil wow uh it started off uh really as an outdoor event at st mary uh i've been fortunate to be part of the last 7 yeah. and um we we even made it happen during covid uh which was Pretty that's, amazing. It's
1: that's, that's tough to
0: pull off. It, it, it is. And uh, I think you, you, you know the history on this event. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. really, really difficult for families yes. at Christmas. Absolutely. Particularly that first Christmas when you've lost a loved one.
1: I know. My, my, my dad passed away on December 8th a number of years ago, uh, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Mm-hmm. And as that date would approach, all of us, but especially my mom, it was it would It would become a very difficult time
0: yes, and, you know, and, and this uh, event is really part of what we hope is the healing process right, right. Um, you know I remember you know, telling stories about our, our family. Uh, my dad passed away seven years ago, and we remember thinking at that Christmas that that was the most difficult Christmas we would ever have because right. he was in the hospital right. and not, and not doing well. Right. And then he passed away January 12th of the following year. And what we realized the next Christmas was the one where he was in the hospital, not even close when you have that empty seat at the table. Yeah. Yeah. A- and when the family is together. And our event is about honoring the lives of those who have gone before us. And, you know, it, it sounds kind of simple what we do in some ways, uh, but it's really touching. Yeah. Uh Starting the Friday after Thanksgiving, we invite people to come to either St. Mary Cemetery and Funeral Center, Calvary Cemetery and Funeral Center, or All Souls Cemetery and Funeral Center, and to come to our main office and pick up what's essentially a clear Christmas ball,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and it's plastic, so it's nothing, anything. It's mm-hmm. terribly fancy, um, but we give but it's people. Not break. Uh, well, no, that <laughs> won't, or shouldn't. Or it shouldn't. <laughs> um, what we ask families to do, though is to decorate it in a way that honors their loved one. Oh, how wonderful. And then we ask them to come back on December 7th when we have our event. Uh, Our event starts at 7 p.m., and it's at the same three cemetery and funeral centers. Uh, We open it up for the event at 4.30. So if anybody hasn't come before to pick up their ornament, they can pick it up then Uh, and decorate it there. And it's interesting to see how people decorate their different ornaments. Mm. Uh, w- one of the stories I love to share, it was the first year, and I was down in Vallejo at uh, All Souls Cemetery and Funeral Center, and there was a woman. She had the two halves of the plastic ball open, and she was dropping in red and green jelly beans. Oh, wow. And I was kind of curious, Yeah. and I said, Excuse me, ma'am, can I ask? Why? Mm-hmm. And she said, "My husband loved jelly beans," yeah. and I felt quite foolish because I should have known that. I should have known that. that, <laughs> I yeah. known that. Uh, but it's that kind of mm-hmm. memory that's different for all of us. Sure. And you know, we see you know beautiful notes from children to parents, no matter what age. We see photos that get enclosed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see handmade <laughs> ornaments that get put inside, and uh, our event is special, so we run it. At the same time, at the three different locations, and uh, we have three different, you know, priests come and they perform the vigil, uh, and it, it's set up where we have a choir in mm-hmm. advance. So there's uh, some Christmas songs being sung. So it's really festive. Uh, all of our cemeteries are decorated very nicely for Christmas, and actually, a lot of people who have uh, locations decorate. Very sure. nicely, also, sure. uh, and maybe "festive" isn't the right word to use, but "festive" is the word we use. Mm-hmm. We we want our cemeteries, our funeral homes, to be welcoming. Right. We want people to come and share time with their loved ones. Right, and part of the vigil service that we offer is a blessing of the ornaments Mm -hmm. we bless the trees Mm -hmm. and then families have the option of either placing their ornament on our tree to keep it at the cemetery or they could take it home blessed Mm -hmm. and put it on On their their tree at home and most people keep them on our trees Mm -hmm. but a fair number take them home Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and it's a really really fun evening for for everyone
1: what, t- what time of day did it start at the, at the
0: So the decorations start at 4.30, 430 in the 30. afternoon. Uh, we stop the decorations at 6.30. Okay. Uh, the choirs typically start right at 6.30. Okay. The vigil starts at 7. seven. hmm Good. Yeah, and we usually get um, more than a few hundred people uh, to come to the events at each of
1: the locations. I know, I know I've heard from many people how, how wonderful it is. Mm, and thank how, you. How meaningful it is to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's... Um, it's uh, somebody said to me, a fellow, a, a priest friend of mine said, death is it's the white elephant in the room. You know, it's 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 sitting over there in the corner and a lot of us like to ignore it. Yes. And uh, um, and yet not only is it going to happen to all of us, it's going to happen to our loved ones. And um, maybe we'll I, I remember my dad always saying not in, not in a a bad way. He just says, I, I love everybody so much. I hope we all die at the same instant. You know, like at the same instant. So mm-hmm. nobody would have to go through the death of one of you.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great point. Um, you know, our funeral team jokes that they're the folks yeah. that nobody wants to talk to, but sure. everybody eventually talks to. Right. And you know, we encourage people to have a plan. Uh, to have a plan that they've shared with other members right. so people know what they want. The most challenging thing that our f- funeral arrangers get uh, tasked with is when a family comes in and it's a brother and sister, and mom has passed away, and the brother will say, I think we should have mom cremated. Right. And the sister said,
2: Mom never said anything about
0: cremation to me. Or she didn't (laughs) want it. (laughs) Yes. And and at that point, quite honestly, our job is to step back because that's a family decision. Sure. You know, 20, 30 years ago, you know, essentially you walked into a funeral home and they said, okay, this is what we're going to do. Right. Today funeral services and cemetery services are like everything else. You have lots of options and people really get to pick and choose sure. what they want, how they want it. And it makes it that much more special. Yeah. You know, a lot of places, uh, will use the term celebration of life. And while that's not terms we typically use for many families, it is they're celebrating the life Mm-hmm. Of the person that they've just lost, right? And you know, our job is to make it as special as we possibly can. Yeah, mm.
1: that's that's it's got to be a difficult profession, Jerry. It, it,
0: it is, but I'll tell you, it, it's rewarding in, in many ways too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difficult part is we meet with a lot of families in a tough time. Right, uh, there's a lot of stress. Uh, whether it's from uh, a long illness that's taken its toll on family mm-hmm. members, whether it's the shock of something happened unexpectedly. Right. Uh, you know, emotions are raw, uh, and it challenges our folks to be their best yeah. in a very short window. Uh, one of the analogies we use is you know, if someone is planning a wedding, they usually take about 12 months to plan all the details we generally have a week, maybe two weeks, to plan all the details. And there are lots of questions that need to be answered in a very short window. Uh, We have a a sheet that we make available to folks and it it asks the 86 questions that need to be answered. Mm. And we also have a booklet that when we meet with people, we give to them uh, as a planning guide. And it's not anything that we keep. It's information for the family, for the family members. And in it, you, it gives you a head start. So it, it would include, you know, essentially your biography. Uh, so that becomes essentially a lot of the elements that end up in what we call our vitals or our mm-hmm. death certificate. And it also becomes the foundation for uh, an obituary mm-hmm. if somebody wants to do that. The second is it, it gives important information about, you know, title of home, marriage license, social security numbers, uh, all sure. the important things that you need when someone passes to work through stuff. And then people can put as much or as little in as they want. Right. They can put in, you know, their investment accounts, their, their, their passwords. One of the things mm-hmm. we hear all the time is when somebody dies, oh, yeah. the passwords go with them. Yeah, you <laughs> know, we, 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 we encourage people to write them down. And then you know, we look at our side of it, and we tell people that if they want to pick the songs they would like sung, to pick them. Pick them. If they yeah. want to know what readings they would like, to pick them. Now, we have people on our staff. We have a liturgy coordinator who sits down with families, and that person— helps families decide that mm-hmm. but it, it, it's great because you will see families who will sit there and they'll tell you I want these six people to be my pallbearers mm-hmm. uh, you'll see other families that'll say eh, my kids will decide uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we, we, we get to see all of it and you know going back to you know the raw emotion the challenge in that is if we make mistakes they're magnified and, and the, the people take them hard and while none of them are ever meant to be hard, they they are oh, felt yeah, and yeah, taken yeah. that way. I can't
1: way. believe they said that. Or, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah.
0: You know, uh, w- w- one of the interesting areas is, you know, we typically do a vigil for a family the night before the funeral mass. And our vigil typically starts with a rosary. With mm-hmm. a rosary, sure. A- and then we follow that with the vigil service itself. Right. And then after that, typically comes the eulogy Mm -hmm. and the eulogy is sometimes Mm -hmm. you know you never know what family members are going to be saying (laughs) and and, you know sometimes stuff is shared that that maybe shouldn't have been shared (laughs) or or sometimes it's taken the wrong way by other family members and and that's one of those sort of raw moments because people are there to honor their loved one at that vigil right and if something happens that doesn't do that in someone's eyes, yeah. it becomes a little,
1: you know, a little contested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never, you never, you never know when somebody just pops up and decides I'm going to tell a story. Yes. Where it might go. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, that's typically
0: more our priest's job to uh, <laughs> n- yeah. navigate. Yeah. Uh, some of them are great. They'll say there's only one. Um, others will say go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> who wants to speak anybody, yeah. <laughs> and then you know uh, i'm always uh a, a little hesitant when they make it open mic night
1: <laughs> yeah right right Right. yeah uh, no it's it's i i remember just uh people gathering at my at my my parents house after my dad had died and he had had a long illness and uh um although the death came kind of suddenly but but he had had a long illness and and some longtime family friend came over and he kind of cornered me in the kitchen because my mom was an RN and had taken care of my dad and not out of duty, but out of love, you know. Yes. And 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 he said to me, he says, Um, oh, this, is, this is really for the best, you know, that my dad had finally passed away, you know, like thinking mm-hmm. of my mom and I was, and I looked at him and I said, don't tell my mom that. Don't say that to my mom. Right. You know, because she doesn't, she sure. doesn't think it's for the best. Right. She wanted him to live forever, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but it was well-meaning. Yes. But it wasn't the right thing to say.
0: Again, you know, that goes back to, you know, there's a a lot of emotion and it's, it's, it's hard stuff. It's very hard stuff.
1: Jerry, we're flat out of time. December 7th. Start oh, starting at 4.30, but the, 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 the event actually starts at 6.30.
0: At 6.30 is the choirs and the uh, choirs will start singing and then the actual vigil starts at 7 p.m. Very, very good.
1: But people can come at 4.30 and get an ornament. Absolutely. Wonderful. Jerry, okay. thanks for all you do. Thank God you. Bless. Great to see you. Happy yeah, Thanksgiving. You uh, that's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. We'll talk to you again soon.